The following podcast contains descriptions of scenes that may be too intense for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Hello, divers, coming to you from Studio D. The Deep Dive Podcast proudly presents Hollywood Hype, a series that looks at the gimmicks, tie-ins, and publicity stunts that lured unsuspecting patrons into movie theaters. I'm Tom Feeney, two-time regional Emmy award-winning producer and writer for Wink's Chop Movie Magazine. We are counting down to Halloween Horror Month 2023. All through October, I'm picking the good, the bad, and the absolutely ugly from my favorite horror films. Don't miss it. I certainly can't, mostly because it's my show. This week on Hollywood Hype, we'll explore the rather amoral depths to which some movie producers and distributors will go to to get your attention. By that, I mean pandering to audiences' most purient and ghoulish appetites to sell tickets a genre of underground, illicit, and highly controversial films that purportedly depict real acts of violence, torture, and murder. The snuff film. The idea of snuff films has been the subject of widespread speculation, urban legends, and moral panic for decades. It's essential to note, however, that there is limited concrete evidence to support the existence of genuine snuff films, and much of what is known about them is based on rumors, hoaxes, and sensationalism. The concept of snuff films first gained notoriety in the late 1960s and early 1970s. Rumors circulated about the existence of films that depicted actual murders, These rumors often claim that wealthy individuals paid to watch or even participate in these gruesome acts for the camera. In 1999, this was explored in the film 8mm, starring Nicolas Cage as a private investigator looking into the authenticity of a supposed snuff film. An excellent, if not unrelentingly grim, movie. I didn't realize. Do you want to tell me what you found, Mrs. Christian? Private Detective Tom Wells is one of the only people who has seen it. It is eight millimeters wide. It runs at 16 frames per second. And he has been hired to discover. All I want is to know. This atrocity is false. I want the proof of it. If what's on it is real. Finding the guys who made this film is going to be very difficult. I need information I thought you might be able to help. You name the vice, I name the price. I'm going to tell you, there's things that you're going to see that, that you can't unsee. They get in your head and they stay there. 
Some doors should never be opened. Tom, where are you? You dance with the devil. The devil don't change. The devil changes you. Because once you go through... There is no going back. No! Nicholas Cage. I'm trying to understand! Whoever you were, just forget about it. I can't. There's no one left to finish this but me. The gruesome murders perpetrated by the Manson family cult in 1969, including the killing of actress Sharon Tate, fueled the belief in the existence of snuff films. Some speculated that the Manson family had actually filmed their murders, but no evidence of this has ever really emerged. In fact, the term snuff film was coined by author and self-proclaimed hippie Ed Sanders in his 1971 book about the Manson family. That same year, a rather unremarkable film loosely based on the Manson murders was released with little fanfare and even worse box office. The movie was titled Slaughter. The producers of Slaughter, married couple Michael and Roberta Findlay, needed a gimmick in order to generate buzz for their box office flop. That gimmick came five years later. The Finleys shot some new footage, edited it into their film, and retitled it Snuff. Ladies and gentlemen, the bloodiest thing that ever happened in front of a camera. Snuff. This is the true story of four innocent young actresses who thought they were making just another movie, but didn't know they were making the ultimate movie. You will feel the pain, and you will not flinch from it. Snuff, the film that could only be made in South America, where life is cheap. thing that ever happened in front of a camera. Snuff. The 1976 film remains notorious in the annals of cinema history for purportedly showcasing an actual murder on screen, which came in the form of the previously mentioned additional footage that was added when it was called Slaughter. However, the truth behind the film's shocking content is much more complex. The controversy surrounding Snuff primarily revolved around its marketing strategy. In an attempt to generate buzz and intrigue, the film's distributors, Alan Shackleton and Sigmund Neufeld Jr., marketed it with the sensational tagline, the film that could only be made in South America, where life is cheap, and claimed that the movie featured a real murder of an actress on screen during its climax. This promotion tactic aimed to exploit morbid curiosity 
and capitalize on the notoriety of the film's content. This marketing campaign sparked outrage and protests from various groups, including women's rights activists, concerned citizens, and film industry professionals. They condemned this film for its perceived glorification of violence against women and the exploitation of real-life tragedies for profit. Demonstrations and boycotts erupted in response to the film's release. However, it soon became clear that the claim of an actual murder in the film was a hoax. The snuff scene was, in fact, completely staged, and the supposed murder was nothing more than a gruesome series of special effects. The controversy surrounding snuff largely subsided when it became evident that the film had misled the public about its content. But despite the controversy, snuff gained notoriety within the exploitation film subculture and developed a cult following of its own. Its infamy as one of the earliest films to use the snuff concept for marketing purposes has endured over the years, making it a notable example of how sensationalism and shock value can generate attention and debate in the world of cinema. After the controversy surrounding the film, American law enforcement became interested in the persistent rumors that there were actual films depicting premeditated murder. Supposedly, these films are made in South America where poor individuals are coerced into participating in the filming of their own demise with the promise of getting money for their families. And of course, as said, to date, the existence of actual snuff films like this has yet to be conclusively proven. Towards the end of the 1970s, a new production would reignite the debate over snuff films, even though it technically wasn't one. The pseudo-documentary Faces of Death, directed by John Allen Schwartz, contributed to the urban legend by presenting graphic scenes of death and violence. While some of the footage in Faces of Death was real, much of it was staged or recreated for the film. Here's the late Gene Siskel of Siskel and Ebert fame talking about Faces of Death. The trend is so popular that some stores have devoted entire shelves to this gory stuff under the horror label, but this isn't regular horror pictures. This is stuff that is simply blood and guts. And the most popular, nasty of them all is a piece of trash called Faces of Death, which purports to be a professor's investigation of death worldwide in his effort, he says, to gain knowledge about the fragility of man. Sure, and I'm the Easter Bunny. The professor is played by an actor who looks like the original absent-minded professor, and what he shows us in Faces of Death are autopsies, murders that were on news programs and footage, frankly, that no news station would put on because it's too gross. Uh, two couples supposedly cracking open the head of a monkey and eating its brains. Don't worry, we won't show you that scene. But beyond that is the sickness and shoddiness of this entire film. This is more than just a Halloween party gag. It is truly disgusting and badly made. The original Faces of Death proved to be bizarrely successful, having made an estimated $35 million on a budget of less than half a million. 
It may be hard to understand now, but in a time before YouTube, social media, and the dark web, a movie like Faces of Death was considered incredibly shocking. The film has spawned, so far, seven sequels and many, many copycats, including Death Faces, Traces of Death, and Death Scenes, all featuring compilations of gruesome and grisly footage. Today, we have found Satan is alive and thriving, or at least plenty of people believe he is. His followers are extremely secretive, but found in all walks of life. Maybe you think your community is immune to these satanic crimes. Well, it's not. Devil worship is as old as religion itself. It's the grim alternative, the flip side of life. Evil over good, dark over light. Nationwide, we found that minor cases of satanic activity light up the map. Not a single state is unaffected. I say that there is a network of these people across the country who are very active, and it goes on and on. They have their own uh, people who are specialized in surveillances and photography uh, and in assassinations. To some, it's a religion. To others, it's the practice of evil in the devil's name. There's no proof for, for fact of one thing. They burn the bodies. They either do that, they'll chop them up and dump them in the ocean, or they'll pour them in concrete, or they take and they use them for communion and eat them and then make bones out of the tools. During the so-called satanic panic of the 1980s, allegations of ritual abuse and snuff films were widespread. These claims were often linked to alleged satanic cults and fueled by media sensationalism and Christian evangelicals. Of the more than 12,000 documented accusations nationwide throughout the decade, authorities were unable to corroborate any allegations of organized satanic-related abuse. One of the most publicized examples of a snuff film-induced panic took place in 1991. Actor Charlie Sheen had been given a video cassette that supposedly contained footage of an actual grisly murder. Sheen watched the tape in his home. He was reportedly horrified by the content of the video and believed that he had actually witnessed a real murder. He was so disturbed by what he had seen that he contacted the police and informed them about the alleged snuff film. This led to an investigation by the police and the FBI. However, it later became apparent that Sheen's fears were unfounded. The video in question did not depict an actual murder, but rather a violent and graphic adult film from Japan called Flower of Flesh and Blood, part of a series of films titled Guinea Pig. The film depicted a disturbingly realistic scene of bodily dismemberment. Sheen's reaction was attributed to his state of mind at the time and his reputation for erratic behavior. However, in his defense, the Flower of Flesh and Blood film was created to look as real as possible. The incident generated significant media attention and further added to Charlie Sheen's notoriety and infamy. It served as a stark reminder of the excesses and controversies associated with his life during that tumultuous period. While Sheen genuinely believed he had encountered a snuff film, subsequent investigations revealed it to be a false alarm, especially after the filmmakers released a behind-the-scenes documentary 
and no charges were ever filed. In the 21st century, there have been a few isolated cases that blurred the line between snuff films and criminal acts. Armin Muse, a German man, filmed himself killing and eating a willing victim in 2001. Luca Magnata, a Canadian, filmed himself killing and dismembering a Chinese international student in 2012. Now keep in mind, these cases were not traditional snuff films per se, as they did not involve a commercial motive or a wider distribution. Now, of course, in the age of the internet, it's much easier for disturbing content to circulate, raising concerns about the creation and dissemination of violent and graphic videos. Shock sites and dark web communities have added to the speculation surrounding snuff films. But again, concrete evidence of any widespread commercial snuff film production remains elusive at best. The history of the so-called snuff film is largely characterized by rumors, urban legends, and moral panics. While there have been isolated instances of violent acts being filmed, the existence of a thriving snuff film industry as depicted in popular culture remains unproven. It's essential to approach claims about snuff films with skepticism and consider the broader context of moral, social, and technological factors that have contributed to their legend. On a personal note, during the 1990s, I worked as a TV news producer for a station based out of Las Vegas. Shortly after I started, I was handed a videotape to watch as a kind of informal initiation to the job. Looking back, I wish I hadn't watched it. It was a montage of gruesome and grisly scenes that had been cobbled together over the years from news footage that never made it on the air. It affected me deeply and changed the way I viewed humanity and the world around me. So what I guess I'm trying to say is, do yourself and your mental health a favor. Don't seek out this kind of material. It can only do more harm than good. Thanks for listening. If this is the first time you've heard this podcast, check out our past episodes available on almost all podcast providers and subscribe so you don't miss a single one. I guarantee you they're more upbeat than this particular episode. Now, if you like what you hear, please write a review. We would love to know what you think. Or you can drop us a line at thedeepdivepodcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. You can find links to those and our awesome t-shirt store in the bio of our Instagram page. All clips used in this podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. Hollywood Hype is part of the Deep Dive Podcast family and a production of Automaton Studios.